to the Apostle Frederick Kaloluma podcast channel. This Sunday, Apostle hosts a very special worship service. The man of God teaches us that we are the temple of God and as such are the headquarters of praise and worship here on earth. He goes on to teach us that worship is a manifestation of our attitude towards God. This is reflected in the songs we sing, the words we say, our posture during worship, among many other things. Here comes your word. Grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed by the word. Okay. And so, 1 Corinthians 3.16, do we have it? Paul is writing to the church. And he says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? It was literally a question, and he was asking that question to believers. I'm not talking about just having head knowledge of it. I'm talking about having revelation of it. Are you aware? Have you come to a realization that you are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwells in you? Have you come to that knowing are you aware of it? Do you know it? Do you believe it? Has it gone beyond believing? Has it reached the place of knowing? Because knowing is a higher place than believing. I'm not sure you need to wake up every day and try to believe your name. You've come to a place of knowing. So it says, do you not know that your body, I can hear it says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? Now, let me show it to you from another verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. The Bible says, Or do you not know the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Now, notice the word he uses there. He says, do you not know? And this is the second time he does it in a chapter. And the book of 1 Corinthians was written as a book of correction because there was a report from the house of Rhoda. And so it's interesting that in two of the corrections he made, he had to refer them to their bodies being a temple of the Holy Spirit. One of the corrections had to do with I am for Paul and I am for Apollos. The other correction had to do with a wrong lifestyle. And for both of them, the solution he gave is, are you not aware? Has the news not reached you? Don't you know yet that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And we know, Paul, a center of spiritual activity. A temple is a center of Prayer. A temple is a center of worship. 
a temple is a center of thanksgiving. That's what a temple is. It's a place of dominion because it's where God has domain. It's where God has reign. That's why when they would attack Israel, they would try to go for the temple. They knew that the temple was more important than the palace. They knew that. But if they destroy the temple, the palace is just a matter of time. So do you not know your body is the temple? And in today's context, what I want to emphasize is that because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, you were made to be the center of praise and worship. Your body, you, beyond your body in, in chapter 3, it says you are. You are the headquarters of praise and worship on earth. Say it again. You are the headquarters of praise and worship on earth. Outside headquarters. <laughs> praise God. There's no one who can praise God for you. That's something no one can do for you. As much as we may have the team leading us, as much as they can be doing their dances, as much as they can be doing their songs, no one can do it for you. There is no delegated authority with praising. Praise God. And Jesus takes it so seriously that he said, if you don't do it, I'll raise up stones. That's how seriously Jesus takes it. So do you not know that you are the headquarters of praise and worship? You, you must show angels what praise and worship is really like. You know how creation longs to see the children of God, right? Manifested. You must show creation how to praise and how to worship. Creation is looking to you. Praise and worship must not be foreign for a believer because you are the headquarters of it. I want us to have an understanding of something. I want you to imagine this. How many of you have ever been in a position where you don't know who somebody is and then you find out who they are? And then your attitude changes. Let me tell you one experience, but it was the opposite. I thought somebody was somebody else. <laughs> you know, I was at Onza, and I went to visit lying in his room. And he had once shown me his, his mentor, you know, his spiritual father, um, who would visit Onza sometimes. And when I went there, there was another guy who was like somebody who was mentoring, who looked alike with his spiritual father. So when I entered, I thought it was a spiritual father. You know the first thing that changed? My attitude. You know, if, if you entered like, boom, I just said anything. And the guy was in shock that day because I greeted him like this. How are you doing? <laughs> I was wondering because the guy was also... Uh, looking up to me in terms of ministry and the like. He was just shocked. I was just busy. How are you doing, sir? No. <laughs> After a few minutes, I realized where he was. <laughs> I'm like, ah. <laughs> I 
could have been more free in the room. <laughs> On the other hand, I've seen cases. I remember the other day somebody came to knock in my office and I get this a lot. Hello? I'm looking for the apostle. Then you know, and I give it a few seconds. I am he. <laughs> and you notice in like one minute, oh uh, no man of God. <laughs> they thought I was probably the protocol. But nevertheless, it is well. I've, I've had that since I was like 16, 17. But what I'm trying to say is that when you discover who somebody is, your attitude changes. And that's the reason why one of the most important things you can do is introduce someone. That's one of the most important things you can do. Because the manner in which you introduce someone determines how people will see them. I don't know if you're getting my point. There are some people who to church based on an invite and you find they've never let's say they've never heard me minister or anything like that but the moment they come they're already very open because the person who invited them did a very proper introduction a very proper introduction there are people, <laughs> I remember there was somebody, I, um, there was a time when I went to see, I think it was two, three years ago, one of the people gave their lives to Christ. I think it was Cassandra. Yeah. And she was living with grace by then. So one day later, I went to their house to minister to them. The day I, somehow, I was already her father in the Lord. You know why? Because for months she would hear Grace speaking of me that way. So her attitude was already shaped towards me a certain way. That's why if the people at home are always saying, Kajaka Pasta, <laughs> before we look at their unrighteousness, we'll also check what you say. <laughs> you can find your goal. Yeah. Don't be that person. <laughs> I, I'm very serious. Um, and you know, you can apply this to so many areas of life. Eh? So many areas of life. Here is that very important somebody to you. There's a way you talk about them with no respect in the presence of your other friends or something like that. Don't expect them to respect that person. So imagine this. Let's use the power of imagination. Imagine that one day, You're given everything you want. <laughs> you discover that um, <laughs> I've got one more example before you imagination. During my graduation at Onza, we had one funny moment. Um, they were introducing the guests who are around, and there's a name they mentioned. I've forgotten the name. Is it, I think I'm Irene, right? Irene who? I, and they said, and we also have in the house Mrs. Irene Chiwa. Ha ha! There was pandemonium. The place went crazy. Now let me explain to you why. Because when you're signing on BC, the agreement is between you and Mrs. Irene Chiwa. So the moment we saw her, 
Everything else just wanted to go give her a hug and, and all that. Our attitude changed because of how she was introduced. Praise God. I'm sure before she was introduced, people were like, ah, the moment they mentioned who it was, my friend was pandemonium. So imagine that um, you find yourself living in this place which is being paid for. And you've been given a tab saying everything you want. It's yours. You can just write it down and you always get it. And that goes on for a while. In one day, you come home and you find a stranger in the house checking on a few things. And your first reaction is, who are you? Hey, what are you doing? And after a moment, you realize that that's the person who's been paying for everything. What's the first thing that will change? Your attitude. So when we're talking about worship, worship is a reflection of your attitude towards God. It's a reflection of your attitude. The day you see it like that, you'll be careful about what words you say. You'll be careful about your posture. You'll be careful about what songs you sing. You'll also be careful about your way of life. Because this attitude is reflected in our words. It's reflected in our postures, like lifting our hands and all that. It's reflected in that. You can see the attitude of a child towards the mother by them lifting their hands. You can't deny the physical aspect of it. This in the manner in which we live, this attitude is in how we express our emotions, how we express the inner thoughts of our heart. Worship has a lot to do with your attitude. It has a lot to do with your attitude. And you know, as human beings, we naturally have a better attitude, or at least pretend to have a better attitude, towards people whom we consider senior in a way. So there is a way you reply to an email from your boss, for example, which, even if you don't like them, you've got no choice but to respect the fact that this person is your boss. Now, how much more a God we love? Praise God. So worship is a reflection, it's a manifestation of our attitudes towards God through our words, our postures, our songs, and our way of life. And the Bible tells us that worship must be done in spirit and worship must be done in truth. And I just want to show you quickly what that is. Because I don't want us to just think these things in our head. Worship must be done in spirit and worship must be done in truth. So John chapter 4 verse 20. Is somebody following? That side, are you following? Okay, what about this side? Are you following? So worship must be done in spirit and in truth. So this is a woman who was talking to Jesus when Jesus told her she had had five husbands and she changed the topic, right? And so she quickly changes the topic and says, our fathers worshipped on this mountain. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. There's a lot we get from this. Verse 21. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, believe me, 
The hour is coming when you neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. Uh -huh. You worship what you do not know. We worship, we know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. Let's go on. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. You must be alarmed the moment you hear that the Father is seeking something. Uh-huh. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Now, here's what I want us to get from this. When you go all the way back to verse 20, she says, our fathers worshipped on this mountain. You guys say we should worship there. It's a common argument, except it comes in different ways. Someone might come here and say, hey, this is not true worship. True worship must be... Those are now the holy songs. Now what they are forgetting is that those songs were simply representing the, the sound of that period of time. And then time moves on. And as time moves on, the sound moves on. That's why when I stand here and say, sing hallelujah to the Lord. The way you struggle to sing along, I have to force you. But when I come and say, my hallelujah belongs to in the way everyone is singing already. Now, what I'm trying to say is the holiness of a song is not in whether it's because even in that time, even their circular songs were like that. If you watch the horror movies, Dracula and all that, that's the way the songs were. So the trouble, and that's the trouble we have. We want to look at it from the outside in, instead of from the inside out. So she was looking at something physical. Praise the Lord. I mean, the moment we, we start talking about whether a song is fast or it's slow, whether it's rap or it's rumba or it's R&B or it's what, come on, you're giving too much Satan. You think Satan? Can create. He doesn't. He just perverts. Praise the Lord. So now, Jesus was showing us that the important thing is not necessarily, uh, it's got less to do with the physical first. It's got more to do with the spiritual. So the first thing he says is, look, it's not about Jerusalem or the mountain anymore. There are people who believe if you've never been to a mountain, then you've never worshipped. The signal is not clear at the mountain. You can have a mountain in your heart. That's how I comfort myself. <laughs> I've never been to a mountain. Now, surprising, eh? I surprising, eh? Can I get better sound? Praise God. But look, if you find yourself at a mountain and that's the most clear place, and that's the place where you've got space, and that's the place where you've got time, then go for it. But if you've got space and time in your bedroom, it's okay. It can be as good as the mountain. Praise the Lord. Now, that's the first thing he tells us. It's no longer about the mountain. Then the next thing he says is that you worship what you don't know. That's another problem. Some people love worshiping worship. 
I've met people who have got a very, very compromising life, but a very powerful worship playlist. They just really like the songs. Had they known who they are worshiping, realize that worship is not just about listening to a song, because read Romans 12 verse 1, it says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to offer your body as a sacrifice, holy and acceptable to the Lord, for this is your reasonable act of worship. So again, it's a problem if you worship what you don't know. You end up worshiping your lips, but your hearts are far away. Worship, the, the intensity of worship increases knowledge. Remember the attitude when you know more about what that person has done? When you know more about the... Imagine you have to find out that that person who was doing all those things for you gave an arm and a leg for them to do that. Your attitude will increase even further. When you come to that knowledge of what Jesus really did, what Jesus really gave up for you, your attitude won't be the same. So there was another problem. They were worshiping what they don't know. When you worship what you don't know, sing any song. Any song will be a worship song. No, guys, come, let's praise the Lord. Okay, it's time to praise. Satan, I'm see you. Then you walk out. Ah, we praised. What song are you saying? Ah, we praised. Praise the Lord. You can, you can literally tell there there's very little knowledge. Very, very, you can tell. Now, I'm not saying that devotion, which may not necessarily be praise or worship, they are there. But I think we have to come to an understanding of what praise and worship really is. Praise God. Too many meetings, I've seen funny things. If I was to start right now, you'd think I'm a stand-up comedian. Praise God. So then Jesus tells us that the hour was going to come when true worship would be in spirit and in truth. And the Father was searching for such. In spirit and truth. For those are the ones the Father was searching for. Worshiping in spirit has to do with us responding to God from our true nature, which is our spirit man. I'll say that again. Worshiping in spirit has to do with us responding God from our true nature, which is our spirit man. And how we know that is because after we are told to worship in spirit and truth, the very next verse tells us why. Give us the next verse. Why? Because God is a spirit. If you read Hebrews 12 verse 9, the Bible tells us that he's the father of our spirits. I want you to understand this. The woman was talking about worship from outside in. Jesus wants our worship to come from inside out. From the very depth of our spirit. It shouldn't even be from the place of our emotions. Our emotions should come from... What, what, the emotion should never be senior to the spirit. It's from the spirit that revelation is birthed. And then it's from there that our emotions are overwhelmed. And it's from there that our body takes up the posture representing how our spirit is. So the senior most must be from the spirit. 
I don't know if you're getting what I'm trying to say. I'll say it again. It must come direct from your spirit. And because of your po the position of your spirit towards God, your emotions then tag along. And then your body responds with your posture. That's how true worship is. It must be from your nature as a spirit being. And furthermore, when we talk about worshiping in truth, we're talking about having revelation. We're talking about having insight. We're talking about having knowledge. So you can't just say, me, just worship. I don't read the Bible. You worship with your lips because you will not come to a place of insight. If you've read the book of Revelations, there is a way their worship increased the moment they realized that only the Lamb was worthy to take the scroll. Their worship increased. Have you seen that? And then they even mentioned in Revelations 4.10, Revelations 5.9 actually, it says they sang a song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood and out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. I want you to imagine, everyone say this. Everyone say, oh Lord Jesus, you are worthy to open the scroll. Now ask your neighbor what the scroll is. <laughs> now, <laughs> you know why? Because if today we are to say from now on for the next one week, we are only singing one worship song. And that song will be, you are worthy to open the school. You can sing it along. Now, I don't know how many of us would enjoy ourselves for one week. Because there might be a chance some of us have never read Revelations 9. And we've got no idea that there was commotion in heaven because there was no one found worthy to open the scroll. Then afterwards, we also don't know what the scroll is. You're not going to be a true worshiper if you don't worship in truth, if you don't have an idea. Some of these words, look them up. You know, I have trouble because I would listen to a lot of Bemba songs and I had no idea what, what they meant. So I was asked, one day I asked myself, these things I'm saying. So I just humbled myself, went to someone and said, ah, so what is shimi kala? Oh no, that's the one you call when things are tough. Right? <laughs> Something like that. I had no idea. So you can imagine somebody's uh, lesa kape kape, no idea. Find out some of these things. Ask. And that's why sometimes when you sing a certain song, tell us the meanings. Some people don't know what a giddy bae is. <laughs> they just know the dance. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Because you can end up worshipping what you don't know. When I was younger, I ended up saying, Father, I rebuke you. I heard somebody use the word rebuke. And so I thought it's a worship word. I hope some of us are going to interact with a dictionary. Let's interact a bit with the dictionary. So when we're singing, I exhort thee, what is to exhort? Praise the Lord. I pray you're getting something. So you must have insight. You must have revelation. And another thing I must mention, especially to people in 
Lusaka. This one is for you. I prepared this one especially for you. Here is something, Lusaka people, you must learn to do. Because I've preached in both the city and in a non-city. And I can tell you that this area, they don't struggle. The people who struggle are in these areas. Because it's, they, are, they are very in touch with that part of their culture. I don't think some of that stuff you see at Chilanga Mulilos, they do it every day. So they're very in touch with that part of their culture. So when you, when you bring in the aspect of the fear of the Lord and, and that worship, I'm, I'm telling you, there's a way they do it. The part where they need help on usually is the part of intimacy with God because they're not used. Jesus, I love you. Not always. Find someone saying, Lord, I love you. <laughs> and God is like, eh. <laughs> like as in they're okay with but just say okay that part <laughs> but here sometimes we need to teach you the more awestruck fear of the Lord it should bother you if a whole week has passed you've not been on your knees that should bother you then why do you sweep the floor? It's for what? I thought the major motivation for sweeping the floor is for your knees. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> I only learned the importance of a clean floor when I learned to lie down prostrate. Am I the one who has that story? Especially the gentleman. <laughs> no, honestly. It should bother you if a whole week has passed, you've not been on your knees. A whole week has passed, you've not lifted your hands. The only thing you did was put headsets and walk like this. I just want to thank you. Come on, man. <laughs> so this verse is for you. Turn to your neighbor and say this one is for you. Revelations 4 verse 10. And you'll read it for me. Let's start from verse 9. Uh-huh. One, two, three, go. Whenever... Here is what happens. Hold on, hold on, hold on before you read. Who are these guys? 24 elders. Now look, if you are considered an elder in heaven, my friend, you've made it in life. Actually, that's even below the, you've made it in eternity. As in, you are an elder in heaven. You've made it. Many people are just trying to make it to heaven. <laughs> and you're an elder. But look at what happens. One, two, three, go. They, they do what? They, they don't even like go down nicely. No, 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 no. They literally, I think there's another verse that says they throw themselves. Let me check for it. It says the 24 elders, four down. There it says four prostrate. It's okay, we can go back. There's another one that says they throw themselves. Could be chapter five. Let's read it. One, two, three, go. 
before we go to the next part, how many of you have ever been in your best outfit? And come on, don't pretend you're, because huh? <laughs> you have been there. <laughs> so, anyways, you, if, you, if, if it has never hit you like this, ah, your level of holiness, I admire you. <laughs> Where you're in your best outfit, and before you lay down prostrate, you think twice. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with putting on a mat, putting a mat or chitengi. I'm just saying, but like a thought comes, like you're about to, then you realize how nice your white suit is that day. <laughs> and realize that you've not yet preached. <laughs> Who's ever been there? Or realize you've really done your hair that day, and if you are to fall down a certain way, <laughs> or a wig, <laughs> it might something might happen to it. Now, these guys, when they get to these 24 elders have got crowns. Imagine, it's not just the Lord Jesus who's got a crown. These guys have crowns. But here's what it says. And cast their crowns before him, before the throne, and they say something. Because worship must have some words attributed to it. And what do they say? You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. Those crowns that we put on, we must learn to cast them down before him. We must learn to cast them down before him. I remember, you know, I was uh, I was the chairperson of Wem Onza. And during my time there, I, I, I used to observe things. I would observe ladies. And I'm just saying what I saw. Eh? A few of God. I've even used Nyanja to be humble. I would observe certain ladies. My goodness, they would worship the Lord. They would cry. They would lift their hands. Then they invite a certain brother for service. <laughs> there was a noticeable difference. And you know me, I look, I, even Jesus when Paul giving offering, he was looking. How did he know that the woman gave two and the other one gave, he was observing. And worship is your offering before the Lord. So I just noticed when a certain brother comes, <laughs> the, this person who was always, oh Lord, you know that one who we have to keep quiet. Like, like, okay, guys, now I want to preach. <laughs> the one who we have to say, Asha's out just for a while. You see the same person is now that day. Nakavili. Yahweh, What happened here? What changed so fast? Praise Actually, even those in the praise team, there's a way we would know when something has started, especially before we would tell them what songs to sing. We could easily tell with Pastor Daniel. We could tell. Their playlist would just change. <laughs> Suddenly, when singing praise, I wanted to sing, <laughs> Okay, I'm just laughing with you. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, have we learned to cast crowns? Praise God. And, you know, one of the worst statements I've ever heard is these things are for youths. 
with all due respect, it's a very bad excuse. Jesus didn't just die for the youths. To the best that your legs can, when we're jumping, try your best. <laughs> or jump in your heart at least. Eh? But my, my biggest point is maybe that's why God is moving a lot with the youths. Maybe it's that openness. And even for some of us who are young now, should we dare say that? Now that we've made it in life, now that we have A, B, C, D, now that you have that doctorate, can your face still hit the floor? Can you still cast that crown before him? Can you still cast the crown before him? Is there a crown that's too heavy that you can't cast it before God? How movable are you? Do we really need to convince you? And what's the importance? When we worship, we get to experience the glory of God's presence. Psalm 16 verse 11, which is our final verse for today, because it's just a simple exhortation. Psalm 16 verse 11, the Bible says, You show me the path of life, in your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures evermore. That's why we feel the way we do. That's why we experience what we experience, because in his presence is fullness of joy, and at his right hand there are pleasures evermore. So just a brief recap. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So you are the headquarters of praise and worship. And worship is a reflection, it's a manifestation of your attitude towards God. And it will manifest through words, it will manifest through your posture, it will manifest through your way of life, it will manifest through your song. It will manifest through your reverence. And in worshiping, we must worship him in spirit and truth. So instead of focusing outside in, we must focus inside out. Whatever we do on the outside must be a manifestation of what's on the inside. Praise the Lord. Because he's the father of our spirits. There's a way a child responds to their father. That's why we lift our hands. And truth showing that we need to have insight. We need to have revelation. We need to have... Uh, we need to know who God is. And let's never forget to cast our crowns. Let's never forget to cast our crowns. I'm telling you. I, I don't know if you've seen it before. But sometimes the worship in a more affluent area and in a less affluent area is very different. Some people's crowns are just too heavy. It's very rare that you hear someone from a very rural place coming and saying, I want to go to Lusaka to see, to learn how to praise and worship God like that. It's usually other things I want to learn. Let that not be you. Let that not be you. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Surely that shouldn't be you. There was a time I was, I had a meeting at home. Some of you are with me. There was one lady who was mentoring by then who the Lord spoke to me and told me to anoint her. And as I was anointing her, her phone rang. How many of you remember that? You remember that, eh? As I was anointing her, her phone rang. 
Whether you've been you've been you've been around, eh? Was that like 2015 somewhere there? Her phone rang, and when it rang, it was from the U.S. So she answered and went outside. Next thing we heard, somebody was screaming. She did one lap around there, just you know, one one round. You, you know what I mean. I then came in and rode on the floor from there to there. And we're wondering, <laughs> has something gone wrong? Like we're wondering what to do. Then she told us that during that very moment when she was being anointed, oh God, I've seen you move. Then we see it again. During that very moment when she was being anointed, she was given a phone call and she was going to work for one of the top 10 banks in the world. Remember that, right? There was something that that news did to her. Made her do one round and roll on the floor. That news was that big that it did that to her. There's something that the news of Jesus being alive should do to you. There's something... You know, one of my favorite songs is Waymaker. You know why I like it? My favorite part is actually the first three words. You are here. Ha! I'm like, wow. He's here. That's something to you. Praise the Lord. So we're going to have a moment just for a few minutes. And we'll close the service. Lift your hands from where you sit. Just lift your hands. Positive two. Standing on 
is standing on. Our faces filled with wonder, made pure by perfect love. Uh, what better way to give you all the honor than to bow before you? You are God. You are God. You are God. The God of all creation, the earth grows and longs to be with you. And where we are, our hearts are raised to heaven. We breathe to Your love has lifted me up. To a seat on high with you, my Lord. The grace has brightened my days. Your grace has brightened my days. And silenced all fears. I am a king just like you. Everybody, I just came, I just came, I just came here to say thank you. 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 I just came to say thank you. I worship, I worship you, my Lord. I worship you, my Lord. I worship you, my Lord. I worship you, my Lord.
I have been so blessed, and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com. Or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.